0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the
2: smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through.
0: Welcome to What'd You Miss This Week. I'm Scarlett Foom. This podcast has the best and most interesting interviews from the Daily Market Close show that I co-anchor with Joe Weisenthal, Caroline Hyde, and Romain Bostick on Bloomberg Television, What'd You Miss? Our aim is to take you beyond the headlines and bring you unique perspective on the week's top stories and those you may just have missed. This week, Caroline sat down with Qualcomm CEO, Steve Mollenkopf, for a wide-ranging interview as part of our CEO Spotlight series as the company hosted its first analyst day in three years. Caroline asked Molenkoff about his key message to the street and started on the race for 5G.
3: Well, I see it very uh, kind of in the same way that maybe like, you should think of it like electricity or water or these, these fundamental technology changes that change kind of the way people do business, for example. That's really how people in the industry are thinking about 5G. Clearly it's going to impact the cellular industry and you'll see a lot of benefits to the consumer and to the operators, the whole ecosystem. But you're also going to see when you have the ability to connect everything in the world, um, it's going to change the way people do business. It's going to change the way factories are structured. It's going to change the way we deliver healthcare. It's going to change the way that we do logistics and plan things, and this whole digitization of sort of business and 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 the infrastructure of the world will be very significant it's actually one of the reasons why you see so much international desire to be first in 5g it's because everyone knows the fundamental technologies are so important to the rest of the economy make sure that you're not behind
4: at the moment what is the sort of economic impact do you think do you have gauges of how this will be from a u.s perspective from a global perspective
3: well we, we commissioned a study that tried to look at what is the impact of 5G in goods and services out in 2035. And the number was $13.2 trillion, so just a tremendous <laughs> amount of money you know, at, at the point of super big. By the way, if we did that same study, I think it was three or four years ago, and it was 12.3.
4: So it's already scaling.
3: It's already scaling. And what's happening is people are seeing that it's happening. The things that they thought were going to happen are happening. And so I think it's a, it's a very positive uh, element. And I would tell you, when we look at the broad customer base or partner, you know, a lot of people come and talk to us about, hey, I, I know I have to be doing some, something in 5G. Help us figure out what that is. Then the number of people and the breadth of companies that come talk to us has actually increased consistent with that you know, sort of proxy value that, that I just gave.
4: So what are some of the more interesting, or surprising industries that have walked in your door wanting help?
3: You know, uh, what's really, t- two of them, I think. One is, um, I would say, industrial, people's factories. Hmm. What you want to see in factories is, I want to be able to reconfigure it very, very quickly. And the data that comes off my machines, like a robot that's making a car, for example, tremendous amount of data comes off there. It is the actual fundamental IP of the car company, is how do I make the car, and then how can I reconfigure the factory? And, and what, what that means is they can now change how quickly they can react to the market in terms of having you know, different you know, model year reconfigured very quickly. Tremendous desire to do that. The other one is logistics. Hmm. So if you think about, it, for example, a city like, like New York, moving things around, we really haven't done dramatic changes in the technology to move things around other than to just create more streets. But when you can connect everything and you can figure out how to optimize that, and you can do all the AI and you can do all the big data on moving goods and services, you know, people and things around a city and as cities grow larger, it's tremendous, tremendous advantage to those cities to figure out how to do that. There's a lot of desire for people to get things connected so they can start that problem uh, you know, in a big way.
4: So do you feel the sense of responsibility that you're a driving force behind this technology, that? you're in the race to win it for the U.S. to a certain extent.
3: Yeah, I mean, probably broader than the U.S., actually. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, so our business model really, if you go way back, sort of the highest level of abstraction, is is about not, it's about really creating a bigger pie. So you're, you're trying to make the market grow, and then particularly in areas where a market is developing that didn't develop before we do very well in terms of creating value for our shareholders Mm -hmm. and so what we, we think about is how do I create an industry that doesn't exist what are the fundamental technologies we need to create how do we get them into the standards bodies and then how do we scale them meaning share them with everyone what we don't do because we're not good at doing this is figure out what is the end product what we try to figure out is what is the hardest technology and what can we deliver the biggest piece so that people can innovate on top of it, and so from that perspective, you look and say, "Wow, okay, logistics is going to be big. Uh, you know, digital healthcare is going to be big. What do we need to do so that 10 years from now, some company will be, you know, that everyone will know will develop and use these technologies? If we can do that, we'll be able to deliver for our shareholders and, and really deliver for this goal to grow the pie, I guess."
4: So what do you need to do? How much of it is about working with partners and also work, working across borders?
3: We work a lot with, I would say, the end users of, our tech, of the technology that we work on. We try to figure out not so much what their problems are, but enough of the use cases to know what are the technologies that you need. So, for example, we've been working on 5G for over 10 years, and we've been saying, okay, what is it that we have to... Put in what do we have to invent from a cellular perspective so that all of these things can happen? We're doing that for the next 10 years. Mm. So there's just this, this huge kind of pipeline and conveyor belt of technologies. Now why we we get that because we go talk to people. We talk to hospitals. We talk to you know car companies. We talk to you know cities, and we try to figure out what is it that that we need to try to provide from a connectivity point of view so that they can do it. And it's even broader. So you go well if you look back in our history not only did we provide the cellular piece but we said well if people have connectivity they have digital connectivity in their pocket they're going to want to stream video so somebody better figure out how to do all the coding and encoding which qualcomm's very very strong in doing and historically has um, really led the industry in a very strong ip position And because we knew If you have that connectivity you're going to want to do this next thing so we better invent the things that allow you to do that next thing and that's what kind of keeps everybody excited in the company is working on these big fundamental problems
4: being able to see round corners being able to see that people are going to want to see video on their phone even though they might not know it yet is it as you as an executive do you have to hear these voices coming from within the company how accessible do you have to be to ensure that you're hearing that coming from your employee base
3: yeah i would say part of it is reflected in the culture of the company Mm -hmm. so we're a very technical company and i would say very and it was the way it was founded and the way it still was run is almost like um a research group at a big university a lot of information flow uh, i would say very little hierarchy really when you when you talk about how information is shared and But if you think about it, though, we're not trying to figure out what the end product is. We're just trying to figure out what is the key technology to enable a bunch of end products that no one thought about. And so from our perspective, it's actually a much easier problem than trying to figure out you know, what the end product is. And so our approach is we're not good at doing that, the end product. So therefore, let, but we're very good at figuring out the fundamental technologies and getting other people to the point where they can innovate on top of it. And so it's a little bit easier, oddly, to be able to figure out kind of what is the infrastructure underneath of business versus the exact product that we'll need 10 years from now?
4: When you look at how you're integrating yourself from a global perspective as well, there's much fear that technology is the technology is a race. 5G is mutually exclusive. We're either going to win yep. it in the U.S. or win, Europe's going to be ahead or China's going to win it. Do you see that, that level of competition and mutually exclusive winner takes all?
3: I don't, actually. So, so the kind of the red-blue world that, you, that people talk about, I actually don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see, really, the continuation of international standards. Hmm. So for example, if you go back 10 years, 15 years, in the cellular industry, there really was an, an attempt to kind of create a Chinese standard and an American standard or a Western standard. And it really failed. Neither one had the scale that was really helpful for the industry. And I think you're going to continue to see international standards bodies become or continue to be very important, particularly in the cellular world. Now, the, the battle is who's going to be, who's going to have influence in the international standards body? So you see a lot of that, but that's been happening. That's a 30-year-old you know, issue for everybody. Different players are being strong. If you go back 20 years, the, the Europeans would have been much stronger in those standards bodies. Today, a lot of the Asian companies, not just China, but also South Korea and Japan, very, very strong. So for us, it's, um, I don't see kind of this general uh, decoupling that people talk about. And I think that would actually be quite dangerous for both sides if that were to happen. Now, for Qualcomm, the, the interesting thing that, at least from my perspective, you hear is people, people are always saying, well, it's Qualcomm versus Huawei or mm-hmm. something. Well, Qualcomm and Huawei, if they don't cooperate, you won't have 5G as an international standard. It's actually not in the interest of both companies to create this separation. So it doesn't happen. Now, we do compete with each other. For uh, IP and you know market space in certain areas although we're in different market segments um, but really both of us need to cooperate in order to have 5g grow and and we do and you can see that in the standards bodies
4: how do you keep those lines of communication open when seemingly from a government perspective the lines of communication are pretty tough at the moment
3: you know um, it's really just a, it's a different conversation so so it's it's about we need to get 5G for both our businesses and really for the ecosystem and it, it just it, it just happens I mean there's a lot of um, I would say it's, it's not as complicated as people make it make it out to be the standards bodies and, and technology remember we're both I mean, not just the two companies but in general uh, there's a lot of activity at the technical level and it dominates the discussion there's really not a lot of I would say geopolitical discussion when you're really talking about driving technology which which is good
4: a scientist on scientists rather That's
3: right.
4: than a political expert element to it what about in terms of therefore competition as you see it because you have to be so-called frenemies with so many of these businesses yeah. a lot of the companies you supply to also you compete with how do you find that as an executive
3: well it's part of the part of the um, I don't know if it's skill, but certainly the requirements of, of being, you know, in a similar seat to mine, and there are a number of people who are, who are in similar seats, uh, is that you have to be able to navigate those things. So there's a lot of, uh, I think, personal contact with, with a lot of our partners um, in order to figure out how to resolve things that might create, create conflict. But it's not, I mean, in a lot of industries, as a company grows and becomes more significant, has more international scale, Two things happen. One is you have to figure out how to solve those things if you 're at the top of that company. The other thing that happens is that you need to be able to compete um, on a worldwide basis, which means if you 're not as competitive as the entire the most competitive person worldwide you won 't be successful anywhere you can 't retreat to a corner for example mm. and so that tends to happen so companies tend to um, quite frankly really have similar competitive ambitions you know regardless of where their headquarters is, because the, the market that they participate in is international.
4: Talk to us about those personal communications. Five years as a CEO, and many will look at the tenure you've had, and think no other CEO can have yep. navigated the back-to-back nature of issues, concerns, crises, some might call it, legal battles with key customers, such as Apple, activist investors, m a that... Didn't go your way when you're the purchaser, M&A that perhaps went your way when you were the target. How do you? Is it about the personal communication that perhaps, for example, got you through the Apple situation?
3: Well, I would. Here, here's uh, one thing that we is helpful. We kind of live in a uh, in a very we, we play in a very tough gym. It's really kind of the way to talk about it. So we're we're not uh, unaccustomed to competing. And in the history of our company, and a lot of us have had long tenure there. You have a lot of ups and downs, and so we know that as long as you have good technology you 'll get yourself through to the other side and um, so you have to one you have to make sure that you don 't lose the focus on providing that And of course we, we didn 't which a lot of people uh, I would think give us give us credit for, which I give credit to the team for for doing that and then it 's really uh, make sure that you keep your eye on the long goal and don 't uh, kind of i would say live inside your own head, meaning you'll get a lot of voices telling you what to do. And, and you have to make sure that you kind of keep track of that, that whole thing. Now, from, from you know, my side, I probably have a demeanor that allows me to do that easier than other, than other people. Um, but we made it through because we have good technology and, and we're focused on kind of the right things for the long term of remaining relevant in the industry. And if you have that, you can figure out the rest as long as you don't panic.
4: I like the way you say your demeanor many say you're calm you're highly analytical you're you're very you have the self-confidence to s- stick to your convictions the courage to stick to your convictions do you think at times people have wanted you to be more fiery in some way and wish that you had the outbursts that some of the other executives did
3: yeah I think maybe that narrative may not be accurate actually the, the um, uh, I would say really we are we may look very genteel maybe I don't know if that's true but um, but this is a, this is again a, a, a tough gym. We're used to throwing elbows and kind of catching elbows. But um, uh, you know we're comfortable with a lot of uncertainty. I would say, which is which is one of the key the key things. I, I think this industry and in, in our position in it is actually not. Uh, you're not really very methodical. Uh, you can't be. You don't know enough information to be methodical. You have to make decisions before you have the information and uh, otherwise you're not driving the industry. Me- meaning if, if it's just I'm going to measure what the industry needs and I'm going to provide it, uh, that's one level of innovation. A more valuable innovation is I'm going to create the things that the industry needs and that you can't be methodical. You have to have kind of good judgment and have people around you that can help you figure out what you can do before it's clear what you need to do. And I've been very fortunate to have people that allow me to do that.
1: How
4: have you kept the focus of your people, of your team? these situations
3: well it's a very engineering focused company Uh, the things that you're talking about are make sure that we have great products and that we're the leader in 5g really if you think about it Uh, and they're very that's what engineers like to do that's actually what I like to do Mm. and so that's when they wake up in the morning kind of undisturbed that's what they do and so we've had we've been very fortunate from a cultural perspective that we you know that's what that's what's prized in the in the industry And, and you know that's that's you see that from Qualcomm, hopefully, in, in, you know, when you meet the people and you see kind of the website and all these things. And we're, we're about great products and technology. And so a lot of it is sort of keeping them from getting distracted from the news that they can read, but really doesn't affect them at the end of the day. And we, we were effective in doing that.
1: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at QuickBooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
0: Part of Steve Mollenkopf's job as Qualcomm CEO has been learning to live with uncertainty. Qualcomm faces antitrust pressures in the U.S. as well as in the EU. And there are still issues about whether the business model of licensing can continue in its current form. Caroline asked just how confident Mollenkop was in the licensing part of the business model.
3: You know, I think I think the hard part's behind us. Quite frankly, there's always, but there's always risk. Particularly, you know, in a business like ours, there's always there's always risk. But pretty, we've done a lot of things over the last several years. Um, obviously, the stay that we got was very, very important. But underneath of that, we've signed up so many. Um, new agreements and big anchor agreements that really set the framework for the licensing uh, business going forward that um, that makes me feel very good about it now anytime you have a large business like this uh, you have to pay attention to the risks and and we do but I would tell you we the way we think about it internally is you need to be careful but but a lot of the hard work is behind us we think
4: what about from a personal perspective when it did get a bit personal when the previous leader of the business, Paul Jacobs, seemed to suddenly come on the other side of the table from you, having groomed you to become CEO to a certain extent. You were the first non-family member to lead Qualcomm. Then suddenly wanted to take the company private. How, how did that feel as a leader?
3: You know, um, I think people made way too much out of that, quite yeah. frankly. It, 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 it actually didn't uh, kind of behind the scenes. It, it, it wasn't, uh, wasn't what people kind of made it out to be. So it's, I don't think there's a lot of residual issues associated with with all of that but you know we went through a lot of a lot of things we went through a lot of things together and um, you know it was um uh that's kind of behind us and and so that's sort of the way that people view it um one of the benefits of of having so much to do and drive 5g is you you tend to forget about history and you just kind of move forward and and it's it's a healthy thing
4: and a healthy thing for a business that has so many lifers to a certain extent you've been there what more than 25 years how common is that? Do you have a lot of people who've been there for significant numbers of years?
3: We do. We, in fact, if you look at the company, we have a lot of people that are senior execs that they may have reported to the, you know, people that reported to me, I reported to, and it's, it's very common. So what you find is it's a team of leads hmm. who are more tied by their connection to the company than the org chart. Very helpful. It's an incredible asset to have, I think, you know, as a, as a CEO. Now, one of the benefits we have, quite frankly, is being headquartered in San Diego. Mm. Uh, we're we're the lar- you know, a very large employer in San Diego. I assume we're the largest in, in San Diego. And uh, there are a lot of people that um, just had this great feeling about the company, have the community, things that we do in the community. And um, you know, we've, we, um, we use that to our benefit um, because we have these people that have this great history. They know when something goes wrong, as long as we have good things, we can fix it. And so it's, um, you know, it's a great asset for me to have.
4: How international, therefore, does your footprint become? And how do you ensure that that culture is not just sat in San Diego, but you can breed that sense of loyalty and desire yeah. to be part of the business when they're based elsewhere?
3: Uh, well, we do. If you look, our, our our employee base is actually spread around the world. Uh, and what we had to do, probably about 10, 15 years ago, was the complexity of the product grew so much that it was impossible to make it in any one site. Hmm. Okay, So the traditional approach when people have multi sites is, I'm going to take this product. It's going to be done in this place. And you can draw these sort of boundaries around what a, what a, a site does. We, don't, we, don't, we can't do that because the product is so complex. We have thousands and thousands of people that work on one of these products. So you're forced. you know, just to create the product, to have every site talk to each other. Mm. And so what we've done, typically what we do is we take somebody who is very strong culturally, for example, and we'll have them as the lead of the site, and then we'll have a mirror on the other side that basically talks to them every day. And so there's no, it's kind of old old school ground game, call the person, text the person, communicate with them, and that's been very, you know, it's, it's, we've solved that problem a decade ago.
4: It feels like again and again your business comes down to being personal and having a personal level of communication. Do you think that is common in science-based businesses or is it something that perhaps the outside looking in doesn't understand about the way in which scientists need to work?
3: Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think that's true. I, I think in general, and it's not communication as, hey, I know everything, I'm going to communicate it to people. It is you have a collective brain figure out culturally how to how to pull from that collective brain and then um, be humble enough to change your mind Mm -hmm. and then for me I actually view it as don't make a decision until the very last minute (laughs) because new information may show up and um, and your team if you listen to them properly will keep you from doing something really stupid and uh, that's been the recipe you know for a long time you also have to be aggressive in your goals Mm -hmm. meaning uh, hate to lose you want to make sure you win and we you know we've been fortunate to have that in the company It's certainly something that I I think I have
4: okay so you you can train in the hard gym you yeah. like to have the ambition innovation seems to be the key priority when it comes to Qualcomm the way in which it's I mean what can you put on your business cards
3: yeah if you if you have patents you can put a little uh, thing that says you're an inventor when you walk into our headquarters the first thing you see is a patent wall okay. and uh, so it is I mean you it is an innovation culture. It's something we celebrate, um, and um, you know, it's a, It'll continue to be what drives the business moving forward.
4: How do you continue to drive the business moving forward and make sure that you're the employee? employer of choice as well at the moment? How do you get your message out there? Is it going to schools, universities, ensuring that they know the amount of patents, the the achievements as an inventor that they can have with you?
3: Two things. I think one, um, engineers and technical people, they like to work on things that have kind of international relevance. Hmm. And the best example of that is that some people like to sit uh, and tell their spouse, their family, what have you. I worked on X and they want to make sure. And if, if it's something that they know about, they have a tremendous sense of pride. So so having working on something that people care about has international, you know, extent, is number one. So you have to be working on the right things. The other one is I think I think people want to work for a company that does things the right way. Good members of the of the um, community take care of people the right way and have a good culture. Culture sells the company. Um, in a large way, and keeps people in the company and so what for us it's been a great asset and kind of cultivating that or, or making sure that that continues to, to thrive is a, a big component of uh, senior leadership
4: is that something that you've seen over your tenure that you've had to focus more and more on
3: yeah and you know and and I would say um, you know if you kind of look at the last five years, for example, a, a lot of it was um, our culture kept us focused on the right things and so people you know the employee base noticed that. Actually, there were there was, um, I think, a little bit of, a, hey, we're we're actually much better than what people are saying. Yeah. And and I kept telling them, look, uh, don't, basically, don't let people get inside of your head. You don't get don't get so high when people are telling you we're doing great, and don't get low when people say we're doing poorly. Focus on what we're working on, and if what we're working on is important, it'll be reflected long term. So don't 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 worry about the the kind of the high frequency noise on this thing
4: how do you manage to drown out the noise I mean social media is so intense but there's also your stock price you can be looking at and analysts investors how do you ensure that you're listening to the right people at the right time
3: Uh, you you never know I mean it's sort of um, that's where I think just general demeanor or or, um, you know who you are kind of how you got there is sort of uh, important it's I, I don't i don't know the answer to it but i can tell you i i probably can deal with more uncertainty than the average person and that's been helpful you know in the last half a decade or whatever. why do you think that is i, I don't know actually <laughs>
4: <laughs> and how did you, your path how did you navigate that when you came into qualcomm
3: um okay so i didn't navigate anything in general my belief is that people underestimate what they can do they're not smart enough to figure out a career path. So do, do the following things. Um, work for a company what it, that if you do the right things, they will reward you. Mm. Maybe not exactly at the time you want, but you'll get rewarded eventually. The second thing is um, work on what the company needs you to work on. And don't sort of overthink, I should be working on this project because that will help me on XYZ. And For me, I actually ended up working on the projects that were never the sort of the key projects until they were. and um, and so you know being able or being comfortable to to take those risks or to what's really what propelled my career to get there not only from I got great opportunity but uh, you know you kind of build a little bit of confidence when you have to deal with this issue that is XYZ that you know may be difficult and I and I was very fortunate to have a lot of that early in my career uh, and get comfortable probably earlier than 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 a person who didn't have that trajectory.
4: So, sort of just enjoying exactly what you're doing at in the moment, and not always yeah. seeking to ensure that you've carved the right path. Yeah,
3: I think also you, you uh, if if there's something really hard that the company has to deal with, I'd much rather that I was making the decision on it than someone else. And so, you, there's a little bit of responsibility there, but there's also a little bit of um, opportunistic sort of, uh, I don't know what the right term is, but you're basically, it's stress, but it's a positive stress. Yeah. And uh, and if you are kind of in control of your own destiny, even if it's a hard problem, I think people are, there's not as much stress there as what people think.
4: What gives you most excitement, most optimism now, as you put a lot, as you say, a lot of the challenges behind you and you look forward, it seems that everyone's now really listened to you and understood the opportunities of 5G. How do you make sure that you continue to execute in the way that you want to? I
3: would say I'm probably, I'm thinking so far out where we are today the things that people are talking to us, and we, you know, maybe inherent in that question, um, those are things we really did over the last five years. So what we're seeing is the things that I knew was going, or we knew were going to happen, uh, over the last five years or so. What's exciting to me is what happens. What is the potential for five G, for example, outside of the phone space? The phone space—it's going to be great. It's going to be great for our business, and I think people are are, are excited about that now, and we are, of course, but. The bigger issue is, OK, we are very strong in the fundamental technology that's going to change the way that business happens worldwide. How do we take advantage of that? And, and the concern I have is not so much, are we going to be able to benefit from it? It is, what will I look back and regret that we didn't do mm-hmm. because the opportunity was big and we didn't have, um, we didn't take the big, the big um, we didn't take advantage of the big opportunity that's sitting in front of us. And so that's, that's an exciting problem to have and one that I think is uh, is interesting for the company.
4: What are some of the things, can you paint a picture of some of the things that you're having to think about? Well, here's
3: 10%. a great example. So we, we talked about um, $13.2 trillion of um, economic value, sort of a proxy for the economic value of 5G. Well, we're one of the key companies for providing that technology. So how is it that we organize our business from a business model, channel, partners, to get our fair share of that $13.2 trillion? Um, And remember, the majority of that is outside of the handset space. So what is it that we have to do? Uh, And I'll I'll give you a great example of of where, in our history, we had key technology, but really didn't pick up the end uh, value. So if you go back uh, 20 years, we we had all of the key technology for um, position location. Continue to have very strong position in the IP for position location this is maybe kind of do the 2000 to 2005 five time frame all of your phones had um, position location yeah. and it was really for e911 so if my car rolls over let's make sure I can I can call someone great application very important glad that we put it in there but the real value was if i can posi- if i can position a person who's connected to the internet i can create these businesses that didn't exist so now you have uber Now you have all of these picture sharing. I'm I'm at a place I can share a picture. Tremendous economic value created by very small introductions of technology. The 5G revolution is going to introduce 10 times more technology into industries that can take advantage of it. So what is it that Qualcomm needs to do to figure out how to take advantage of that technology change? That's a great problem kind of an interesting one to work on. It's not a, you know, it's not hundreds and billions of dollars of, of OPEX to figure out how to do it. It is this same management team. How do how do we think about this problem uh, so that in five years, in ten years, we've put ourselves in this great position? That's that's the challenge in moving forward.
0: That does it for this episode of What'd You Miss This Week. If you like this, please make sure to subscribe and rate us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to tune in to our Market Closed show every weekday from 3.30 to 5 p.m. on Bloomberg Television and from 4 to 5 p.m. streaming on Twitter. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.
2: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Success is more than a destination. all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel financial advisor at stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.